Welcome to the Connor Churlin podcast, where I, Connor Churlin, meet up with a musician, hear about what makes them tick, hear about what experiences they're bringing into their music, and maybe they'll play a song for us, who knows. But today, Hannah Connolly is a folk country singer-songwriter, great vocals, great storytelling. I heard about Hannah through Instagram as she played with a couple of the podcast guests, Sam Doors, Sam Gelband, and Alicia Blue. In this episode, you can hear us talk about learning to play guitar just days before a childhood talent show, processing grief, and how Los Angeles sometimes leaves you wanting to just stay home. And you can hear her song, Stay Home, (laughs) later in the episode. Enjoy. You just finished work, you just got off, and then you hopped on this call with me. How was work? What do you do? It was kind of a whirlwind, but it was good. Uh, I work in digital marketing, so that's my like day job. What does that mean? It's like digital marketing for e-commerce companies. <laughs> Paid media like Facebook ads and emails. and It's a digital marketing agency out of Orange County called cool. Human. Okay. Yeah. What a, that's a really funny thing. To call a digital marketing agency. Yeah, it's um, good. There's a lot of fun uh, plays on words that comes up. Like, oh, I can't wait to see all the humans. <laughs> How long have you been in that job? I've been there since for about a year and a half. And are you in charge of like verbiage or the look of it, or like handling clients? Um. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a kind of a team that I'm on that we all there's like five of us and we all kind of collaborate on paid media for a bunch of different clients and yeah, setting up the ads and tracking them and adjusting the verbiage yeah. and emails and all that kind of thing. I'm going to ask you one more question about this and move on because <laughs> I know you don't probably don't want to keep talking about your work, but oh, I know it's fine. I mean, uh, I, I, I like my, I like my coworkers and it's like, they've been a wonderful place to work because I mean, I do music and they've been super supportive and cool. it's nice to have, that while you're trying to do music to have a group of people that are super supportive and allow you to do both in in the line of work that you do what what are the methods of communication that you find most effective to like drive targeted behavior oh that's interesting (laughs) it really depends i think on like what you're doing right there's a lot of different kinds of businesses that that we work for and i guess the the idea is just to make things as easy for people as you can. Give them something that helps m- make their life easier. We work for a lot of smaller, not smaller, independently owned businesses. So it's nice because a lot of the people that we work with are like starting their own businesses and really passionate about what they do. So you feel good because you're kind of like helping the underdogs in some ways, I yeah. guess. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. Humans helping humans. That's all humans you can helping ask humans. For. Yeah. Tell me about how you got to LA, like from your Wisconsin born. I am, yeah, Eau Claire. I got here in about in twenty fifteen ish. Okay. I grew up in Eau Claire for most of my life. Moved to Minnesota to Minneapolis nice. around the time that I was going to college. Kind of did school there for a year. Ended up taking a break to work on some uh, music stuff and do some touring with a band that I was playing with, and then went back, finished out, lived there for a few more years. And then my parents uh, retired to Arizona with my younger brother. And, um, oh, really? No way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my dad's so, yeah. also from Minnesota, so. <laughs> no way. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, I um, came out after 
after they were out here, I ended up moving to directly to Arizona and then kind of was splitting time between Arizona and LA for the first few years under some not so great circumstances. I needed to be close to my family and so was kind of between Arizona and Los Angeles for a while. Kind of started setting down more permanent roots here in 2017, 2016 or 2017. Are your parents retiring out in Arizona? They are. They're they're retired there. So nice. yeah, as as are mine. Oh, um, nice. What part like, of Arizona it's are like they? Kind in? of a similar timeline too. Oh uh, no way. <laughs> yeah, they're out in like Havasu City. Oh, nice. My parents actually almost chose Havasu. Yeah. Uh, they were looking for a couple of different places, and that was one of the options they were looking at. They ended up in Queen Creek, but they okay. go there sometimes to visit. So yeah, that's, cool. that's awesome. Um, yeah, the retired game out there is insane. Just everybody, everybody. And there's so many, it's all the same story. Like it's everybody from the coldest place moving to the warmest place. And they're like, isn't it so great on our joints? Doesn't that feel really nice? You, you meet a lot of people from the Midwest. Everyone's stoked to not be shoveling snow. So yeah. that's nice. Yeah. What was your transition from bordering Arizona and Los Angeles like what what made you be like now I'm going to move here permanently well I guess there's no way around the heavy side of the story at get right off the bat uh, the reality was my parents um, moved to Arizona they were retired and they were re my dad retired and they were moving but they chose Arizona because my youngest brother was in a power wheelchair and um, it was a great place to be with not having the cold. And so that was kind of why they wanted to get to warmer weather. And I was back and forth for the first few years because my family lost my youngest brother to a car accident. A drunk driver rear-ended my parents. Um, and so we lost my youngest brother. And I wanted to be close to home a lot right after that. Um, that was the biggest reason that I was back and forth. You know, it's interesting to think about what was the the time that it felt right to put more solid roots down and, and kind of what that was. I think it was a little more time. I mean, there was a big court case that had to, my family had to go through, which was really difficult mm -hmm. for, um, because it, it was a drunk driver. And also, you know, I might be getting the timeline slightly wrong here, but also like it started to feel like home in some ways. It started mm -hmm. to feel like time to sign a proper lease and stop doing subleases everywhere. And I, it's close enough that I felt like I could still go home for short periods of time. I was working remote too. So it was nice to be able to go and feel like I could put down roots, but also still go home when I needed to go home. Kind of, it was a very gradual process and it's kind of like a blurry line as to when it felt like it was more like permanent, like this is my, this is where I live. But I guess it was when I first signed a lease. I signed a lease with some friends. That was kind of like, okay, this is my address. This is where I live now. This is my like home base where I was kind of floating a lot before. A lot of different like subleases for like a month here, a month there kind of thing. It was kind of nice to be floating for a while uh, mm -hmm. in a way because yeah. of everything that was going on. Yeah, it was also nice when once it was like time to put down to put on roots, we were like, okay, we can hang stuff on the walls. Like, this is my room. This is my bed. This is my stuff. Kind of felt like a little bit more grounded. Yeah. It is bizarre how much leases uh, will move our life forward. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Like, signing a piece of paper that's like, this is my place until for, it's not. Yeah. 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 Weird. Yeah. Um, 
well, one, so sorry for your loss. I can't imagine that. Um, I can't imagine that. That's incredibly difficult. Um, Thank you. I appreciate you sharing, and I'm moving the conversation along so that we don't necessarily. I don't. I don't want you to have to rehash things you don't want to rehash. Um, I understand, and you know, it's it's part of my life. You know, it's it's something that I can't really avoid talk about, talking about if I'm going to be honest with people about like who I am and like where I'm coming from and what, what it's been, you know, what my life is like. So yeah. I totally, you know, understand. And I also, you know, appreciate the, the like thoughtfulness in that way, which is really appreciated. I think I've gotten more comfortable talking about it over the years in a way. And I think it's helped me realize that there's a lot of other people that have gone through really difficult things like that too. And they're hard to talk about, so we don't always talk about them that much. But mm-hmm. um, I think there's use in learning to be able to just say it, you know, yeah. be, you know, have it not be something that we're afraid to talk about. That's great. As you, as you were in between Arizona and Los Angeles, what ways or what methods did you have to gain community, gain friends? Like you said, you moved in with four girls, but in order to like you would have had to known them beforehand. So like what, where were you finding these people and what were you doing when you were in between? Well, it was actually kind of um, serendipitous. I always had wanted to move to Los Angeles and I always had the idea of wanting to move there, even in Minnesota after college, the kind of, that was my plan uh, was to move out to California. And um, I ended up becoming roommates, I think through Facebook I met, this girl and we were looking at she was looking for someone to move into an apartment in Minneapolis and uh, I was like oh I'm looking for an apartment and we became friends and roommates and then realized that we were both at the same time planning to move to LA all the timelines are kind of blurring in my head right now sure. but yeah, yeah. anyways the long story short uh, the friend that I was roommates with actually was moving to LA at the same time mm-hmm. and so when she moved here we didn't live together in Los Angeles but I did have like one really good friend that I knew in the city off the bat, which was nice, but only one person, you know, so in a whole city, like, and she had like a really busy social life of her own too. So like, there was a lot of time that I was on my own trying to like figure out how to, you know, navigate a new city. And one of the biggest things that was helpful was kind of a, an acquaintance that I knew his name's Ari. Um, he actually he kind of does a lot of music stuff in Los Angeles now. Ari Herstand, you know, he lived in Minneapolis for a long time too. And he was like, oh, you're new in LA. Like, he was super nice. Like, we had coffee and sat down. And he's like, okay, so like, here's the venues that kind of like match your style of music. And like, here's some of the places you should check out. And was just like really helpful resource in like yeah. getting a, a an initial like lay of the land. He told me about Hotel Cafe and like Monday Monday as a place to go check out that had a lot of songwriters playing and stuff like that. I used to go on Mondays by myself a lot of the time to this showcase, hear like a ton of songwriters like back to back. That was like really awesome and also super intimidating because there are some people that played on that stage and you'd be like, holy crap, like this person's amazing, you know? Then later they become like, you know, at the at the time, I think some of the first artists that I saw there when I moved there were like Madison Cunningham and like J.P. Sachs and like Crazy. Jensen McRae, who are all now like doing amazing things and stuff. So yeah. it was really cool to like see that 
and then like watch from afar like all these people's careers like grow and all their beautiful music and stuff like that. I spent a lot of time at Hotel Cafe and I met a lot of friends there, which was really nice. People were super friendly and everyone's kind of like similar interests and stuff. So there, and then I went to a couple of the mics. Um, there was one that was happening on the east side at like the Lost Night, I think it was called for a while. There was a couple like songwriter meetups and then just like house shows that people would throw. I think those were kind of the, the biggest moments where I would yeah. like make new friends or meet people. That's really special. I always feel so, uh, I'm at Hotel Cafe tomorrow night. Oh, and, awesome. Um, it always feels so um, intimidating. I like grew up in sports and like all competitive and when I win, you lose, etc. So it, there's like always that kind of a feeling for me uh, while I'm in those scenarios and I have to remind myself actively all the time. Like these are people who have very similar interests to you. So if you like chat them up, chances are like, you're gonna get along pretty well. Um, yeah, and most people are so nice, you know, and like yeah. society tries to like condition us to think that we're competing with like everyone around us. But like in a way it's like, it, to me, it's just become like so inspiring like to see people, you know, like doing their thing and just be like, yeah, inspired and and try not to compare and be like, oh, dang, I need to get so much yeah. better at guitar. Yeah. I'm like, remember watching Madison Cunningham and be like, I need to practice every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? I feel that a lot. it's just like, in a way, it kind of like pushes you too, like motivates you to like, okay, like these people are like really, you know, talented and like really, you know, bringing, bringing their all. Like I need to, you know, I need to level up. I need to like also put a, all that work and, and heart and like love into this craft and it's cool cool city to be in definitely i i want to ask a bit more about your your origin story there i don't feel like there's like a ton of uh information about like how you got into music like in the first place who got you into it i mean with a lot of people it's like i sung in the church band and then like i grew up and now i play on stages what's your scenario my first like entry point into music was musical theater. My grandpa like was a big proponent of that. I was kind of like a an obnoxious kid. Like I I loved to like perform and like so he would I was like like you know toddler. He would like stand me up in front of all his like pals and be like Hannah sing us a song and he saw that I liked that and that I enjoyed like singing and and that kind of thing and so he kind of encouraged my mom to be like you should let her try out for local theater and take her to, you know, put her in some girls' choirs and things like that. In Eau Claire, there's a theater company called the Eau Claire Children's Theater. Mm -hmm. And so I did some plays. I really loved it. And so I did a lot of that, which was kind of a good way to learn, like, music theory or, like, you know, what, would, what does it mean to sing? How, how does it mean to sing with other people? You know, how do you warm up your voice? Those kind of things. It was fun. It was like my first entry into music. And then I did some like girls choirs and that kind of thing. Did school choir and, and jazz choir and stuff in high school. And then I started writing songs probably around high school. Okay. My dad got a guitar. Uh, he actually got it to learn for himself. Actually, he <laughs> was like kind of going to, you know, pick it up as a hobby and, mm -hmm. you know, teach himself later in life, which was pretty cool. And I saw it like sitting around the house and I would like pick it up and mess with it sometimes, but I never was really like, oh, I'm going to play guitar. I'm going to learn how to do it. 
until I really wanted, I loved singing. And so I, I wanted to sing in our like high school talent show. I had a friend of mine, who I was like, well, he, he was a guy friend a year older than me. And I was like, will you play guitar for this song? And, and then I can, would sing. Cause I, I mm-hmm. didn't want to do like the karaoke track, even though yeah. I did do that. Like in middle school, like yeah, a lot of talent awesome. shows sung to like karaoke, Alvaro Levine. But, uh, they, uh, yeah, he was like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll like, I'll learn it on guitar and, and then you'll, and then you'll sing. And then like, I don't know if it was like a week before or something. He like kind of, he bailed. No. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was kind of just like bummed. And I was like, well, if he can play it, like I can play it too. Like I'll learn it. Like I'll, I'll just learn how to play it before the show. And I like YouTubed how to play bubbly it was either Bubbly by Colby nice. Kelly or Both Hands. I can't by Annie DeFranco. And I can't remember which one was the first song I learned. And then kind of like fumbled my way through it at the talent show. From there out, I kind of started messing with the guitar and trying to write my own songs. That's so cool. What a make or break moment that you just <laughs> passed right through. Good for you. There's so many dads in the world that would hear that story and be like, if only my daughter. And like, just like praying that their daughter has that courage for like that moment, you know, their shining moment and you took it. I don't know if it was a shining moment. I think the chords were probably pretty uh, fumbly, but I'll take it. (laughs) But it's also, it's one of those things where like life gives you a few of these moments of like, you actually, you have the choice to like, excuse, excuse the phrase, but nut up or shut up, you know, it's like. To really, to really try or to just bottle it up and like hold that resentment inside of like what you could have been. And it's just so cool when someone does it, you know, when they just like gain that courage somewhere, they find it somewhere (laughs) and then they go. Uh, My dad is like the most corny guy in the world and he very, I like probably once every other year looks at me very seriously while listening to that song that's like if you get the chance to sit it out or dance i hope you dance oh yeah and he looks at me very seriously and he's like i do mean it like if you get the chance like i my hope as a father is that you that you would that you would do the thing that you that you would dance and Aww. he means it so sincerely. <laughs> that is so sweet. That's <laughs> amazing. It's really amazing. And it's also so funny because I'm like, wow, it's almost exactly said the same as the previous time. But we're two years later. It's amazing. Oh, um, man. I have like, yeah, that story or that, um, that song, actually, I did dance in high school. And like mm. that song was like, the biggest song that my dance coach like loved. Yeah. And so she would have us like before caught like a, a whatever, a competition or something, we'd all like sit yeah. in silence and like listen to this song oh, and be nice. like, I hope you dance. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, definitely ingrained in my brain as well. <laughs> I thought, I thought you were about to tell me that she made your dance routines to that song every time. And I was like, Oh God, that is tragic. That Just would like have been, different... that would probably would have been too far. I'm so glad you also have the affinity toward that song. Is there any chance while we talk about songs that mean so much to us, would you mind playing a song of yours that you're feeling at the moment? I messaged you about, uh, meet you there, but honestly, like, you're a songwriter. You write a lot of songs. If there's something you're like really feeling, you're like, I'd prefer to do something else. You're welcome to play anything you want. 
Okay, cool. Hmm. I actually do, I think I would want to play maybe Stay Home. It's ironic too, because we just talked about like moving to LA and what that was like and stuff like that. And this song was written about kind of that feeling where there was a lot of nights where I was like trying to psych myself up to go out and like meet friends and stuff. And as much as like there were really good nights, there were also like nights where they weren't so good. And there were nights where I was like, I don't think I have the energy for this. Like, I just don't want to socialize. I like, and so that's what this song came out uh, from what it's about. It's called Stay Home. Maybe I'll sit up a little higher too so the phone can get the sound juice. terrifying and relatable (laughs) or all my worst fears all my pet peeves (laughs) just put them right in there nice what part of town are you in (laughs) you know and the thing is like i hear myself saying that like out loud too sometimes it's 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 like like going to school and saying what's your major you know yeah you have a major and it Mm -hmm. doesn't cause any harm for me to ask it (laughs) exactly so i'm gonna get this ball rolling (laughs) 
as an adult, you need a few you need a few low hanging fruits to grab. It's true, um, especially for those of us who are like socially challenged. Yeah. And in LA, <laughs> there is certain things that like, you know, even when, what part of town people are in says oh, a little bit about who they are, mm-hmm. like where they need to be close to, what they like, right. you know, I don't know. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's funny, like it's such a cliche, but then I mock it in the song, but I also say it all the time. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you've as you've made friends in LA, you don't have to do that as often now, I imagine. Um, you know, especially with the pandemic, I've been kind of like a not really meeting anybody yeah. new. We're staying home so, all the staying time. Staying home all the time, exactly. So, but you know, luckily, um, you know, I my partner and I, my um, my boyfriend, he lives with me, and so it's not super lonely. We we live together. He doesn't live with me. But we live together in the same house. Yeah, he uh, he has like a good number of friends that he like grew up with too. Like in uh, he's from Orange County, so a lot mm-hmm. of his friends like moved up here. So it's been cool to like meet and like get to know all his loved ones and friends and stuff like that we it's been we've been together for four years now but that also cool. became like another part of my community like outside of songwriting and stuff like that he's a good person so he knows a lot of good people <laughs> like yeah. I feel like people kind of yeah. just like like-minded people find each other and totally that's kind of been another source of community and we just want to make it very clear that you are paying the rent and he is just living there. <laughs> Absolutely he, not. He has, a, he has a small drawer that we put him in and then we tuck him in like Dobby oh at the God. end of the night. That's and, just, uh, that's like, that's like epitome of like my social awkwardness, like coming out. It's just like, I say things and I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense, but there it went. No, it, made pl- <laughs> it made plenty sense. It's a, uh, no, we- I, Actually, I, I moved into his place first, uh, yeah. like when, when I was living, I was living with friends and when we moved in together, we moved in together into his place. And then in June, we moved in or we moved into a new place together that was like our own place, oh, dang. like for That's the big. first time, which is kind of nice because it's like you get to kind of make it your own as a couple first, yeah. whereas like before it was kind of like it, it was really nice, but it was like not necessarily like ours from the start it was like kind of his place and it was like oh you mind making space in this closet or what about this drawer over here like you know so it was a little bit you know different when you're moving into someone else's existing place (laughs) totally that's really exciting that's a really big deal moving forward in LA with music what what goals do you have on the horizon what targets are you looking to hit like what um what, what what are you hoping well, we I released this my first album, my first like full length album. You know, the timing was not amazing at the top of like the pandemic, so sure. didn't really get a chance to like do much playing or touring with that. Since then, I've been writing and working on another record that we just started recording, or we've been working on it in pieces, but we did the biggest piece of it the first week of January, which was kind of a cool way to start off the year. Like we yeah. went and spent seven days recording up in Idlewild um, with five friends. Everyone kind of did the PCR test thing and we did rabbit tests and did, made a little pod and went and did a bunch of recording up there. So I'm really excited about all that stuff. And then I'm going to try to mix and master that record and re- start releasing it this year cool. and play a lot of shows with it and, hopefully do some touring 
God willing, with COVID stuff, of course, but yeah. we'll love to start tours of that record maybe as soon as the fall. But whenever life allows, I think that's kind of the, the immediate focus. Great. What's the best advice you've received about your music career or what's the worst advice you've received mm. about your musical career? Well, I think the best advice that I've been given is to like just focus on making great music and then finding your people. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that sometimes like there's so much that everyone tells you you should be doing like, oh, you know, you got to be everywhere. You got to be making right. constantly. You got to be bite sized content, big size, you know, content like, you know, this like do it, do all the things all the time. And yeah. I, I totally, you know, want to be focused and make it as much of being engaging and like sharing the music with people. But at the same time, that was really helpful advice to kind of sometimes like narrow the focus down to like make the best record that you can make and then go from there yeah. and and try not to get super overwhelmed by all this other stuff that can be around. And then focus on, you know, finding you know, the people that you connect with and like that resonate with, resonate with you and what you're doing and let that kind of help guide. What books would you recommend things that have meant a lot to you in the last couple of years as you've like worked through the pandemic as like a bunch of life changes happened? What, what books have really stood out to you or authors? Books and authors. I would like to do more reading than I do lately, but I would say that a couple books that really stood out to me, like when I first moved to LA, some people might say it's like cliche, but um, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, like okay. that book kind of like shook me up. <laughs> so cool. I what about it? Was well, I was living. Well, that was when I was in the floaty period of my life, like just. Mm-hmm working remotely and like living in different places for like a month or a couple months at a time. I was staying in this yurt in uh, Santa Monica, like this outdoor in someone's like backyard was where I was living for a short period of time. And the girl that was living there before me had left this book on the bookshelf. And it was like, literally like, it's like one of those bell tents, you know, so there's like a mattress on the floor. There's like a, you know, bookshelf that, pretty much it and so I kind of was like setting all my stuff up and like you know getting all settled and stuff in there and I didn't there was no tvs in the house or anything it was kind of like you you know a place that didn't have a lot of distractions and stuff which for someone who was like looking to be distracted all the time was kind of a dramatic change of pace I was kind of just like bored and getting settled in and this book was sitting on the shelf and I just like picked it up I started reading it like, and I just kind of put it down. Just this idea of like learning how to be more present. I, I've been meaning to revisit it because uh, I remember just like writing notes in the margins and like yeah. bookmarking pages and stuff. And I was like, oh shoot, like this isn't my book. <laughs> and so actually the girl ended up coming back and she she was kind of like spiritual kind of about it too. And yeah. she was just like, I was like, you know, I'm sorry. Like I picked this book up. It was in here. Like, do you mind like if I borrow it? And she's like, no, I feel like that's your book now. Like, I yeah. feel like you should have it. Yeah, <laughs> so awesome. it was super nice. And she was really sweet about it. But yeah, I just, I just remembered like really like connecting with, with that at that time, like where I was at mentally. And I also really love Brene Brown. Are you yeah. familiar with her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think the first one I read was Braving the Wilderness. Cool. And that one was also kind of, it felt like similar themes, like learning to be okay on your own, learning to like trust in who you are, learning to like bring your most authentic self to people, regardless mm -hmm. of how you feel like they might react. I really loved that book too. Those are great. Uh, well, that's like my second recommendation of Eckhart Tolle on this podcast. So I'm definitely oh, really? going to, nice. yeah. Um, I get a lot of book recommendations. And so my audible is constantly just going through. Cool. You should make like a, like a list, uh, reading list. I should. I would check that list out. I should. Yeah. Alicia, that was one of Alicia Blue's recommendations. Oh, nice. Was, and uh, yeah, I know her actually. So yeah. Me. Yeah. So you did awesome. a show together at Hotel Cafe. Yeah. Uh, she's a really sweet, um, really talented. Yeah. Those are all the questions that I have for you, Hannah. Thank cool. you so much for your time. You seem incredibly humble and strong. Yeah, it's such a pleasure getting to meet you. This is one of my favorite ways to like meet people. It's like I just get to have like an hour of like uh, unearned conversation with you. <laughs> so <laughs> cool. Well, I'm glad that yeah, I'm glad you reached out. This was really fun and great to meet you too. And yeah, yeah thanks for having me. Great. Hope to see you around LA and uh, I'll clap us out. <laughs>